Welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Stanford. Uh, and if you guys haven't listened to this show before, here's a little rundown of what our show is all about. This podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry and a main topic discussing a TV series, film, or something of that variety. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it is up for discussion for us to geek out about. Uh, so for this week in episode 90 of the show, uh, our main topic is going to be uh, Netflix's new uh, CG animation slash live-action hybrid film. Or, well, not film, actually. Uh, uh, limited series uh, is, I believe, what... What it's yes, called. I believe that's and what they're calling it too is a limited limited series. Yeah. Which used back in the day uh, used to be just called a mini series. You know? Just like yeah. just like just Yeah, well I, th- I think now that yeah, like nowadays they want you to know like yeah, there's not gonna be a season two this Right, like, exactly this, like this is it. This this is it. Yep. Uh, but, uh before we get to that we have some news and trailers and our recommendations to talk with you guys about. So Without further ado, the first bit of uh, news this week, uh, we actually kind of teased in the last episode because we knew it was coming uh, literally the day after we recorded last time. <laughs> no, right? We're just off by a day, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leica uh, Animation Studio announced the cast of their uh, upcoming film Wildwood, which is based on the Colin Malloy novel. And the cast is a pretty huge ensemble cast i feel like this is like one of like their biggest cast they've had for I know. it's a big their, cast their yeah yeah so it's uh carrie mulligan uh, mahershala ali peyton elizabeth lee jacob trembley aquafina angela bassett jake johnson uh who we'll be talking about a little bit later in this episode too uh charlie day uh amand la Steinberg and I almost said Amanda but I noticed that L it's law yeah yeah uh Jermaine Clement uh Maya Erskine Erskine I think I said that wrong uh Tantu Cardinal uh Tom Waits and Richard E. Grant and when they also announced this they released a little bit of a like a concept art which looks like one of the characters uh riding their bike yeah in the the Portland Oregon area uh going after what I think is like their their younger sibling, that's being carried away by a, a seemingly like a, a huge murder of crows, so looks very interesting. I'm definitely looking forward to this. Uh, I've loved all of Leica's movies uh, that they put out. I'm a big fan of stop motion animation, and uh, what do you think so far? Just based off of. Uh, like the cast they put out for this. Oh, I'm stoked, Mark. You know, the uh, I'm with you. Like a, that's a high quality studio. You know, they 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 do really tr- tremendous work, and so the concept art looks intriguing, and this cast looks great. So I'm really yeah, I'm I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, they had me just at like as a new feature, you know, in development. <laughs> oh yeah. So so uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm really excited about. All- that cast there's a, a bunch of people that i'm Ow. huge fans of already in there jemaine clement uh, anything you know he yeah. does like sign me up <laughs> you know yeah uh, charlie day uh, yep and then jake johnson again uh we'll be talking about in a little bit but yep. jake johnson's uh a good dude uh and that film comes out april 16th of next year it looks like uh so we don't have too much longer to wait for it so that's pretty pretty awesome uh but going from there i'll let you take the next bit yeah so you know hulu has got another season of futurama that they have i guess funded and are are going to be broadcasting in 2023 and they they uh confirmed 10 of this uh you know revivals the 10 of the names of 10 episode names for this this upcoming revival uh which i guess tease some returns to previous storylines uh 
and their explorations of some more timely and, and current issues, you know, for for uh, viewers of, t- of today. Um, and the, these episode titles seem to confirm that Futurama's reboot will be walking the line between honoring what came before and creating new commentary about the state of the world today, which is, you know, what Futurama yeah. is all about, right? Uh, so here are the 10, here are the 10 titles. Uh, and, and, and we got this from, uh, from ScreenRant.com. But uh, we've got The Impossible Stream. Rage Against the Vaccine. <laughs> That's what I love the most. <laughs> uh, Zap Gets Cancelled. The Prince and the Product. Related to items you viewed. <laughs> I love that one too. <laughs> I can't wait to see what that was going to be about. Uh, Children of a Lesser Bog. As in B-O-G. Uh, how the West was. <laughs> it's zero one zero 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 one. You know, just a... <laughs> oh yeah, the binary. A binary. Code. Uh, I know what you did last Xmas. <laughs> Parasites regained, and all the way down. So anyway, um, those had those had me laughing. I'm really excited for this future animal reboot. It's a show that I really like, you know. And uh, yeah. even though I know that season seven ended, you know how Comedy Central did that did that reboot. Um, I think it was like in 2012 and 2013, um, or, or around there. I hope I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm it not was too like off. canceled and ended, and then brought back. Yeah, and then they did. Then they did a, a few like straight to uh, DVD movies, and then it ended again. And then <laughs> now this is coming back. So it's had like two or three like series oh, yeah. finales at this point. That that were all like really well done. So. I can only imagine what the series finale will be like this time. This, this time. And then I, yeah. my hope is that it's a success and then maybe maybe Hulu's going to fund some more. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But, but uh, also, I think all of the original vocal cast now is, is, is coming back. I know that there were some issues, I think, with the actor who plays Bender. Uh, oh, yeah. John DiMaggio was a holdout for a while, but um, he... I. Do you know that he he did eventually? Yeah, sign he signed him. on. So, uh, you know that should that should be fun, and uh, it's just I think it's just it's just it's a quality show, and I and I hope that these new episodes are gonna gonna keep that up too. So, looking forward looking forward to it. No, again, no official date, just just twenty twenty three is what I've heard. Have you know any different, Mark? Are you aware of any other? Yeah, I haven't dates? seen any other yeah, date. I haven't yet, either. Haven't either. Uh, but speaking of uh, animated series uh, coming back, and that the the tales of their death were greatly exaggerated. Um, the we last time we kind of talked a little bit about uh, a bunch of the uh, Warner Brothers uh, series that had been just erased from existence, more or less, off of HBO Max. And then a bunch of stuff that had been shelved, uh, you know, like the Batgirl film and uh, Scoob Holiday Haunt, among other things. Uh, some of those were also animated projects that were uh, being scrapped, or were said to be being scrapped. Uh, but so with uh, Cape Crusader, uh, as well as uh, Merry Little Batman, The Day the Earth Blew Up, a Looney Tunes movie. Bye Bye Bunny and Looney Tunes musical. Uh, did I do that to the holidays of Steve Urkel story and the amazing world of Gumball the movie uh, are all still in various stages of production, uh, but they're not being scrapped. They just won't be shown on HBO Max. Uh, so it's it's basically more or less kind of doing back to like what Warner Brothers did like uh, like back in the like the nineties and whatnot with like their TV sh- and like early aughts with like their TV shows like Friends and. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, like being on NBC and like Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory on CBS, um, as well as like you know the DC shows Constantine and Gotham, uh, being on uh, NBC and Fox respectively too. So, Caped Crusader in particular, uh, that's the 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 series that's being worked on like with like Matt Reeves and J.J. Abrams, uh, and uh, Bruce Tim. It has received a a pretty intense interest from Apple, Hulu, and Netflix so far. 
so it's interesting uh, as far as like that and as well as like the these other specials that were uh, in the works where they may end up when they actually uh, air stream whatever it may be so they may end up like on just you know like a, like a regular cable network they might end up on a streaming thing the thing I thought would be kind of funny though is like technically if Hulu picked up like any of the like the, like the, any of the Batman ones that's that's technically Disney that owns Hulu <laughs> yeah so yeah realistically there could be a world especially because a lot of the stuff that's been on Hulu has also shown up in Disney plus there there could be a world in which Batman the Cape Crusader animated series is on the same streaming service as Avengers Infinity War <laughs> which which is kind of weird to think about and kind of funny at the same time. You know, time. it is kind of funny and I mean, I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens, but holy cow, like okay. what is going on at Warner Brothers, you know? I just can't yeah. even see how they would even allow that, you know, that they would they would they would step it up and I, you know, I don't know, maybe they're again, they're just in such cost-cutting mode. Um, yeah. I I can see it going to to any of those three like Netflix has had good success with other D- yeah, DC series exactly. like all the CW shows have done really well on Netflix uh, and then they actually acquired uh, the Sandman streaming series which is a DC property yeah uh, that's a Netflix original so um, I I could definitely see most if not all of these going to any one of these three so it's definitely uh interesting and we'll and we'll keep updating as there's further updates yeah uh but speaking of uh superheroes on streaming services possibly owned by disney <laughs> i will uh segue over to the next, uh, this next story, story. so stanford so this has to do with with uh the awesome x-men animated series from the 90s right that i think is just universally loved and one of the great things about that series as with many you know tv shows that we love is just the awesome theme music you know i mean that that's such an integral part of that show um what's interesting though is just in this in this article this is from um the direct.com is that uh, since since you know a couple things Disney? I guess you know it was actually it was Kevin Feige, uh, you know Marvel Studios president. Um, they announced that they're going to be creating uh, X Men '97. They call it on Disney Plus, right? So not a new animated X Men series that Marvel Studios is making, uh, but it's just a continuation, right, of its 1990s predecessor show. Um, but the, the theme song that we all know and love so much uh, was not the, the rights were all over the place. So I guess for this for oh, this, yeah. this theme song and and uh, so some sort of secondary party had rights to the music. So it was a, you know in a negotiation for them and 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 good for good for Kevin Feige and good for Marvel Studios and I guess technically good for Disney that they were willing to sort it out and get the rights to use the music and they used it uh in the first uh well i guess in a couple things uh when when um in uh spoilers if you haven't watched certain things yet spoilers for for uh doctor strange uh the multiverse of madness which came out this year uh I asked yeah, to say this is this is a spoiler alert if you if you haven't seen it, but but uh, Professor X, played by Patrick Stewart, makes makes an appearance, and they use the, you know, some of the classic music, and also they used it in Ms. Marvel, uh, because you know technically Ms. Marvel is uh, a mutant, so. Yeah. So anyway, and then and then we can expect to see it when, when this new, uh, X Men '97 TV series makes its 
debut to Disney Plus uh, in 2023. I think it's going to be around fall of 2023. You know, they're looking at, but I don't believe that a, a specific date has been announced yet. But anyway, we can say yeah, uh, safely just, say that yeah, the theme fall. music. The theme music is going to be there. And thank goodness, right? Because yeah. that's, again, one of the things we love. Yeah, and definitely getting their money's worth out of it if they did uh, pay quite a bit for it. Because uh, if it's going to be the, the theme again for the like the re- continuation series uh, on Disney+, and then it's kind of becoming like a thing where they play like the little riff like any time like you, <laughs> you see a, a mutant on screen. So. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I'm enjoying that. That's actually my ringtone too. I don't have my phone <laughs> next to us while we're recording, but otherwise I would have. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah. I love it. But yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's cool. I mean, I've, that's like definitely one of the most uh, recognizable, like identifiable, yeah. like uh, TV themes from the '90s. So it's. I think no matter what they did pay for, it's definitely worth it. And because it was like a third party, because I know you, I think that's like like how the all the, like the musical rights of like theme songs like the '90s were different too. Like, like the man, the composer uh, had like one version of the rights to like a song, um, and then like the lyrics, the lyricist had the other rights to it. Like, luckily with this theme, it was just the composed music. So there's always like those kind of like two different people owned like the rights to different yeah. parts of the same song. Uh, so yeah, it's always interesting. Uh, but yeah, going from there, our last bit of news uh, this week uh, before we get into the trailers is uh, Rick and Morty uh, just came back recently yesterday for its sixth season. Uh, and recently... Uh, Justin Rowland and Dan Harmon did were doing like press for this new season, and they were saying that the show could go on forever, uh, uh, the, and that they'll be doing a season a year now. Um, and I think they're actually already working on season eight at this point. Like they're starting to, to like you know get in there and do that just because of how long it takes to animate the stuff. They've got to be like basically two seasons ahead of what's airing at all times. Um, and Justin Rowling, or sorry, Dan Harmon uh, made a joke. He's like, I think a good TV show is one that lasts a thousand episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're basically, you know, st- striving for that, uh, that Simpsons uh, timeline for for how long the the show is going to be on, t- or how long they'd like the show to be on TV. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the uh, season six premiered. Uh, as of this recording, yesterday on Sunday, September 4th uh, of 2022. So, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, it's now available online. I believe on the Adult Swim streaming uh, app or Hulu, too. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, uh, and I know Sanford doesn't watch it. So, yeah, we we don't have any thoughts on it yet because neither of us have watched it. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, segueing from there, we're going to get into our trailers, and I'll let Stanford take it away with the first trailer we're talking about this week. Yeah, so the first trailer is uh, a new project. It's called Wendell and Wild. I should say a new project from uh, Henry Selleck, who, as we know, uh, is a great stop animation director, stop motion animation director, excuse me. Uh, he did the Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline. Am I right on that, Mark? Isn't he the? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that he was also actually did the last film that he did. James and the Giant Peach. I think that's also one of his. Yeah, I did James and the Giant Peach yeah. too. And anyway, he's collaborated with um, uh, Jordan and Peel. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm just. Oh yeah, Key and Peel. Uh, Key and Peel. Sorry. So yeah. Jordan Peele, right, and, and yeah. uh, uh, sorry, I'm, uh, and then Michael, uh, I'm, uh, said just to, drawing a blank on some of their names, just so oh, used good. to keep calling them Key and Peele, uh, but <laughs> uh, it looks really cool, uh, it's, it's, yeah. uh, the genre mark of this is described as, it's like, uh, stop motion horror 
comedy, <laughs> you know, some other thing. So a really, I think it's kind of in a way its own genre. It's clearly it's it's a kind of a horror horror type film, but again with with comedy. Yeah. I don't know if I'd necessarily call it. Uh, it's oh, sorry, Keegan Michael Key. Duh, sorry, brain cramp. Keegan Michael, <laughs> Key, yeah. Uh, uh, so um, Jordan Peele, who wrote it, um, he he is the voice of this character named Wild. Keegan Michael Key is is the voice of Wendell. You know, hence hence the uh, the title. Uh, and you know, their on screen chemistry is always so good even when they're giving the voice i loved i love their characters in toy story 4 you know they were oh, yeah. they, they were so they Ducky were so bunny. funny yeah uh but angela bassett it has a voice yeah. in the you know is, is a voice in this um james hong <laughs> too so that's oh, yeah. that's uh that's that's pretty cool but um angela bassett making the the stop motion animation rounds it seems like between uh with Henry Selleck and uh, Key and Peele in this, and then doing the the Leica film. Yeah, exactly. She's like, she's like, I'll be all around here. So, um, I guess here here's here's the description that Collider dot com gives of this of this film, Mark. That they say it's being described as a stop motion fantasy horror comedy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it should be perfect. Perfect for Halloween. I don't know necessarily how kid friendly it's gonna be, but maybe enough, you know, for uh, yeah, uh, you know, I don't think they're going for like full on, you know, adult, uh, you know, an adult film. Uh, yeah, you know. I know it's gonna be on Netflix. Yeah, it's. I think it's. It might be PG thirteen, or it might not yeah. be PG thirteen. It sounds interesting though, too, where it's like, like key, like Key and Peele play like demon brothers so <laughs> i like how it's like a flip of the thing where it's like they're trying to summon themselves to the land of the uh the living uh rather than you know like the land of the dead like you know like with coco and miguel and yeah. like what we've seen like in like films like that um and then they're trying like they're basically it's it's like if you watch like The Exorcist from the point of view of the demon <laughs> POV, yeah. Uh, but just like a, I'm, what I'm assuming like it was a, a less, uh, two less foul mouthed <laughs> demons. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically, and then they're trying. So they're they're battling a a sister Healy or Helly. Probably Helly because it's probably supposed to be like a play on of of hell. Yeah, and that's Angela Bassett, and then she's a demon destroying nun. Um, so kind of like uh, picture Constantine, um, if you know anything about that character, but like mixed with like uh, Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act. That's what I'm picturing in my head. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, that's a good way to <laughs> good way to think about. It. <laughs> And then along the way, they they recruit a thirteen year old Cat uh, Elliot, which is voiced by Lyric Ross, uh, into the adventure. And then hijinks ensue. Uh, uh, it's premiering. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be really fun. It's premiering at the at the Toronto International Film Festival uh, this week uh, on on uh, September eleventh, or I guess uh, you know on Sunday. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, next Sunday. Sunday, next Sunday, the eleventh, yeah. and then it makes its Netflix debut. Uh, well, I guess it's, I think they're going to play it in some theaters, like how they how they've done oh, Netflix nice. has done. Starting October twenty first is the date that the Collider has published. And, I'm definitely going to try to see this in a theater. And then the the following week, so I would assume that would be October twenty eighth is when it makes its debut on Netflix. Time. But I've Time seen, found that some right. I found that some of those Netflix uh, shows, like The Gray Man, recently, um, like opened a week before in theaters, but hung around. At least in the you know, at least, at least in the Salt Lake City market, they didn't pull it after a week. It was available for like two or three. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case. That's good. I think it's one of those. If you get a chance to see it in the theater, you know, if you see it playing, you should make time and go. Yeah. 
I, I'm definitely going to try to see this in the, the theater. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like their their character design, too. Really, character it almost reminds me of, like, like if you let... Uh, if you mixed... Uh, I guess if you, if you had Henry Selleck design Pain and Panic from Hercules. It, I thought the same thing. That it had this really kind of Hercules vibe going on. Because yeah. the characters are, in a way, almost grotesque looking. But they're really cool. You know, I, yeah. was, you know from the... From this, Again, from the trailer, and uh, uh, and then also just knowing that that the, you know the creatives that are involved. Um, you and I were talking off air, but I, about this, but I think I just love how Key and Peele are collaborating with Henry Selleck, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's not like a match you would think. <laughs> you know that 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 would be happening, and. Uh, but when you know you read about it and everything, it just sounds it just sounds so great. Given that that you know Jordan Peele is kind of like the current modern horror uh, king, yeah. And then you know Henry Selleck, who hasn't made a movie in quite a while. Yeah, Coraline was the last one that he did. Yeah, uh, but that again that this is going to be a stop motion thing, and that anyway, and that the cool the cool people that they brought in. To work on the project anyway. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and then the, the last trailer that we're going to talk about uh, before we get to our recommendations is for the uh, film uh, that's also going to be on Netflix, uh, Bee and Puppycat Lazy in Space, which is... Uh, so there's, there's a short for this uh, that was released about nine years ago. Uh, and... Uh, did you did you ever see that original short? Because I I had it. No, I haven't. No, I have not seen that. So watching this trailer, I it it reminded me of like if you mixed kind of like if you mixed uh, like a Studio Ghibli film with Adventure Time. Yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking with some kind of anime. Yeah, and I think Studio Ghibli yeah. is a good one. And then and I haven't. I haven't seen Steven Universe, uh, but just from like what I've seen of like the animation for that show, this also seems yes. very reminiscent, very reminiscent of, of the style, yeah, of, of, yeah, kind of character designs and whatnot, color palette, etc. Of Steven Universe, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then this will actually, uh, well, by the time this episode of the podcast is out, this will already be available on Netflix to watch because it comes out September sixth, so. If you are listening to this episode of the podcast right now, you can already watch this movie on Netflix right now, this this current time. So excellent. Uh, once you're done listening to this, definitely go, go check, check out. out. It looks chat. really fun. The the animation's like really beautiful on it. I I liked the like a lot of the humor that they were interlacing. Uh, throughout like there's like this whole running gag with like like the like the umbrella button ejecting <laughs> yeah. and like hitting different people and parts of their body um so i thought that was that was pretty funny and it seems like it gets kind of like dark at well that's what i was too. wondering mark what you thought about that because it's also seem yeah that there's there's a real edge to it almost you know you just yeah. you just see like it's it's uncertain where you know if it's gonna really go but that's where it like reminded me of of Adventure Time because Adventure Time is like super light a lot of the times, but then like there are storylines in it that get like very yeah. heavy and yeah. and like very uh, like deep. So like I used to I used to call Adventure Time. I was like, this is the smartest written, uh, dumb, silly show. Yeah. That's a really good way Where to put it's, it. It's, yeah, just because, like, it's in the same show that has, like, like Jake, uh, the dog, making a fart joke, it'll have, like, this whole, whole storyline about, like, yeah, existential crises and yeah. whatnot. And both of those things are written really well and not, um, none of them are, like, gratuitous in, in any shape or form. But I... I hadn't seen like the original short for this, but I'll definitely check it out. Uh, I just thought the animation on this looked really great, and it'll it'll look nice on a, on. That's the thing about hand drawn or 
seemingly looking hand-drawn animation is that it always looks good in 4K. Um, oh, yeah. Just because of how the colors pop and stuff right? like that. Seriously, yeah. Did you enjoy what you saw in the trailer? I did. I thought it looked very. I thought it looked very interesting, and and I just really like how you just have described the look of it. I just think that that's that's perfect, and that's just what it reminded me of. The story looks, of course, very original. Uh, yeah. And let's you know let's say let's 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 hope it's good. Yeah. Uh, but that's our trailer discussion for this week, and then we uh, will be back in a moment with our recommendations. Okay, and we are back with our recommendations. Uh, so for this week, uh, my recommendation is for the uh, TV special that uh, just got added to Disney Plus like this past, mo- past month or so, uh, the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation uh, special. Uh, uh, me and uh, my buddy... Mike, we just talked about this on the Hold a Maneuver podcast. We did a whole episode about it. Uh, so I, I won't talk too much about it other than I'll just put a link to to that episode of that podcast in the show notes for it. But I thought it was funny. I, I always like these Lego uh, TV specials that they do too because they, they're kind of... They're not canon to the... Like, to the... Like, the story and whatnot, but... They're kind of like canon adjacent. Or yes, like, that's a great way to say pick it. Up, yeah. yeah, with like as if that story took place. So there, because I mean, there's even flashbacks in this one to like stuff from the films, uh, like the, you know, like from Force Awakens and Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. So I thought it was funny. Um, uh, and then Weird Al shows up in there too. So <laughs> his his connection to the Star Wars universe continues with this. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely highly recommend the. Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation TV special. It's on Disney+. Plus. I'm so glad to hear that you liked it. I haven't watched it yet, but it's just because I've been watching also so many other things. But uh, it, right. uh, it look, I think these Lego Star Wars shows traditionally have been funny. And so I hope that this is just a, you know, a, a, a continuation of that. Because I'm with you. I like how they, they keep it close enough to the canon where... They're not too outrageous, but it's just so funny, you know, what they do. I think they've yeah. got terrific writers on it. And I also just love kind of the Lego-fication of everything, you know, for lack, oh, yeah. for lack of a better word. Uh, but And for uh, fans of Clone Wars, too, uh, Matt Lanter uh, comes back to voice Anakin in it, as well as James nice. Taylor comes back to, to voice Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, so. okay. Outstanding. They're, 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 oh, and D, and D. Bradley Baker is uh, in there as uh, 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 some of the clones. But uh, Tamara Morrison does the voice of uh, Boba Fett in this, too. Awesome. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so great. I'm excited to check that out, Mark. I'll have to, I'll have to do that soon. Yeah, you'll enjoy. All right. Well, my recommendation, Mark, you know, today we're recording this on September 5th. Which is Lightning McQueen Day, you know, because it's nine five, uh, which which I love. It's just kind of like a silly promotion, you know, that they invented uh, with the Pixar marketing, Pixar and Disney marketing team. But I'm all for it. Uh, so I uh, I just thought I would recommend watching uh, a Cars movie of your choice. Pref- you know, for me, I I'm interested in rewatching the very first one, uh, first Cars film. Uh, they're all on Disney Plus. And but to get us psyched for the new Pixar created series, Cars on the Road, which is making its debut on Disney Plus uh, on uh, Disney Plus Day this upcoming Thursday, September eighth. Have you? I know we've talked about this a bit in, in in previous episodes, but I think, I mean, I'm such I'm such a Cars fan. Speaking of Legofication, I love the Carsification of of. Uh, you know the animation that's done in in, in these cars, oh, films, yeah. and shorts. Uh, I just think that's so so clever, and and uh, so entertaining. This Cars on the Road series, it looks to me like it's going to be fun. But then you know I'm a fan, so I I don't know if people who aren't fans of it what they're thinking about it. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to spending more time with Lightning McQueen and and Mater and etc. Uh, you know as they travel across the U.S. to on their way to visit Mater's sister, who is about to get married. 
So we get to meet Mater's yeah. sister, and I don't know. It looks fun to me. What's your take on it, dude? Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, that actually reminded me of our next episode that we do for like episode 91. That'll probably just be like a Disney Plus Day episode for like once we come back uh, in a in a, about two weeks from now, because um, they'll have the Pinocchio. Oh yeah, it's gonna anima- be animated Disney live Plus action hybrid stuff. and the and then the Cars on the Road series. That so definitely have a bunch to talk about. Uh, it just reminded me that there's that there's like this one meme that makes me laugh. He's like, if you're ever feeling useless, uh, just remember that in the the Cars universe, there's a you could be a double decker bus or a taxi. <laughs> right, like that no one can ride in that universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was like, oh yeah, like some of that stuff you don't think about, like right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like why, why why would there be a use for a taxi or a double taxi right. bus it need to be like super giant so cars could drive on it right <laughs> yeah oh that's it's, funny yeah it's definitely like a weird thing to like really get into if you if you think about it if too you're much. right if you think about it yeah deeply it's kind of troubling <laughs> yeah uh but yeah that's that's our recommendations for the week uh so here uh, you will hear the trailer audio for the uh, our main review this week for Lost Ollie. So that'll play, and then once that's done, we'll be back to discuss the film. My best friend Billy, he could be out there looking for me. Ollie! Well, ain't you a handsome fella? Do you remember how you got here? I got lost. Good time to start a quest filled with danger and mystery. Down, boy. That was amazing. Are those lightsabers? Are you a Jedi? All right, and that was the trailer for Netflix's Lost Ollie limited series. Uh, So before we uh, get straight into the review this uh was released uh just this past week or so uh on netflix on august 24th of this year uh it's based on a 2016 children's book uh called ollie's odyssey by william joyce uh is a miniseries created by shannon tyndall uh, and it's directed by peter ramsey and if that name sounds familiar to you he was one of the directors of spider-man into the spider-verse uh which, uh, I there's your your Jake Johnson connection too. So I was thinking about that when I yeah. saw that he was one of the directors. I was like, oh, he liked Peter B. Parker a lot. So he was like, hey, Peter B. Parker, come in, come be in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The, and so the other uh, cast for this film, the like live action cast is uh, Gina Rodriguez and like I said, Jake Johnson, um, and then the voices of uh, Mary J. Blige and Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, and then Jonathan Groff is uh, the narrator, that I believe he's also Ollie too. Yeah, D- Jonathan Groff's Ollie, Mary J. Blige is Rosie, yeah. and Tim Blake Nelson is Zozo. Yes. Uh, now, off the bat, like what was you, what were your kind of like initial first? Th- oh, sorry, really quick. And then also the the visual effects for this uh, were done by, uh, looks like Fufu Fu Productions. <laughs> Uh, 21 laughs entertainment and then industrial light and magic yeah uh, so what what was your your like initial thoughts of this after watching the, the four episodes? so and you know i i really like so the you know it's based on a it's based on a children's book called ollie's odyssey by the author and illustrator william joyce and i really like william joyce's work you know he's he's done a lot of interesting things with with films because uh, he's collaborated with disney on meet the robinsons because that you know that was based on one of his books a day with wilbur robinson one of his children's yeah. books. i don't know if you've ever seen if you've ever read that book but it's so charming and and this is where where that film gets a lot of its whimsy you know with his whimsical designs and with the character designs he also worked on roly poly oly 
which was a film that used to be, or excuse me, a series that was on Disney Channel. I think it was kind of like a preschool series, but yeah. And I'm not even sure if I ever watched a full episode or not, but I always remember thinking I really liked the design. Um, he worked on robots. Uh, oh, yeah. Remember that that feature? Yeah, Blue Sky. Yeah, that was the Blue Sky, and then uh, R.I.P. And uh, Rise of the Guardians. At DreamWorks, which oh, I think is one, one of the really Zack Snyder, yeah, release release the Snyder Cut of <laughs> Legends of the Guardians. <laughs> so anyway, I I digress, but but so it, it it had me at William Joyce, right? That that I thought that that was interesting, and I think that they really, I I was just impressed with the the, the production because it instantly. Yeah. It it felt like a William Joyce illustration brought to life, and yeah. because they do such an interesting hybrid, I guess Mark is that what you call it? You know, it's it's really because yeah. these these other, these little stuffed animal characters they are CGI, but it's integrated incredibly well with in a live act, you know, in a, in, a, in a real environment with with actors. Uh, as well, uh, it also yeah. to me, Mark had a real, and I wanted to get your take on this too. It felt to me a lot, kind of like a Toy Story movie. Um, uh, maybe because again, which I think like any any film, like about lost toys. Yes, now at this point, <laughs> I was gonna say it would, it would just get that comparison. Yeah, and and, uh, and I don't mean that as a criticism. But it's a, a good compliment, I think. Yeah, yeah it's more, it more of a kind of a compliment because, again, I agree with you. It's just you know, like anything that's related to to Lost Toys, that's where, uh, you know, kind of my, my, my brain goes. But then also, I think, because of the, you know, the CGI-ness of it, too, even though Toy Story is, is all CGI, doesn't have the human oh, actors yeah. in it, but still... Um, Anyway, that's a very long answer to your question, Mark. But those were my initial thoughts. <laughs> in, in all of their, I, in all of their completeness. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I, I noticed too was that it was one of the executive producers was Sean Levy, who's like, I feel like Sean Levy produces like everything, everything. nowadays. Yeah. Like he's on Stranger Things as a as a producer. He just did that uh, Adam project. Yeah. With, uh, Ryan Reynolds, he's going to be doing the third Deadpool movie. He was the Night of the Museum movies, um, and it's been interesting to kind of follow like his careers. I've been getting older too, because like I saw uh, Big Fat Liar like way back in two thousand two when I was in high school. Uh, the Frankie Muniz Amanda Bynes movie. Yeah. Uh, so like he went from like Big Fat Liar like like to the Night of the Museum trilogy. Uh, but then it's just like interesting, like and then like his producer credits are like way more than his director credits yes. at this point now too, uh, between like the films that he's produced and then the TV is like really where all of his credits are. Like I said, like with Stranger Things, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, so it, he worked on uh, a TV show I liked a lot in the the nineties, the uh, Animorphs too, which I didn't realize. <laughs> Did he really? Uh, I didn't know. Yeah. So I, I thought that was kind of cool that he uh, that he worked on that. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the synopsis of this is was uh, like we kind of touched on a little bit. It's a lost rabbit toy. Ollie finds himself at a lost and found section at an antique shop. Uh, he remembered that he was separated from his best friend Billy, having only a few uh, recollections of his past. Ollie decides to take a journey to find Billy. Meanwhile, he slowly rediscovers his own fond memories with Billy and his adopted family alongside their misfortunes and sorrows. So, I, I guess the other thing before we kind of get into this is that we're going to talk about, like, the entire story. So if you haven't watched it yet, uh, pause this and then come back once you have watched it, because uh, we're going to talk about all of it. Yeah. Uh, and so the one thing too is like I was like man this got like super dark super yeah quick. oh exactly like, really dark yeah I was like that escalated really quick and like especially like some of the stuff like Zozo does it yeah like and he so like when Zozo's like looking for um, uh, Nina the 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 other like toy that like he had 
fallen in love with. Yeah. And, like, he gets, like, some misinformation from, like, another stuffed animal and is upset about it. And then it, like, cuts to, like, the scene where it's, like, straight up showing it. And, like, it's not graphic in the sense that it's, like, just stuffing coming out of a a stuffed animal. But if you were to picture it as, like, anything else, you'd be like, holy crap. Yeah. Because he's like essentially disemboweling this stuffed animal. <laughs> I know. More or less. And I was like, holy crap. Um, but, and it's like another one of those things where it's like, this is a, like a character you meet. I think we even, I even said this like in the luck uh, review that we did where like I was waiting for like one of the characters in that to be like a secret villain. Yeah. Where that's kind of. Like, what Zosu is in this is that, like, first you think the Mary J. Blige's character, Rosie, is possibly going to be kind of like the antagonist yes, villain. exactly. Kind of-ish yep. of the character. And then it, like, flips. And uh, Zozo ends up kind of being, like, the, the bad guy antagonist. Um, and, like, they give you, like, his whole backstory, so, um, like, you kind of... Feel bad for yeah, him. you do. I mean, he's very sympathetic, but, and you know, clowns kind of spook me anyway. And so uh, I, I was always, I don't know why, I was always kind of uncomfortable yeah. every time he was on screen. <laughs> Which is a oh, lot. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan of clowns either. Yeah, uh, but like it, I kind of got uh, lots of uh, hugging bear vibes too. Yes, and not and not just because of like the, um, you know, like the the same kind of like southern uh yeah there's a, between there's like Ned, Ned Beatty and uh Tim Blake yeah Nelson yeah uh which I hope Tim Blake Nelson shows up in an, another show that I'm watching currently on, on Disney plus eventually uh but um I I thought this was really good and then the thing that really got me at the end was like you thought like these stories were running concurrently with one another with like Billy looking uh for uh, for Ollie, and then like he gets to the house, and like, like at the same time, it shows like not uh, Billy and his dad going into the house, and kind of more or less um, like kind of building a, a bridge to one another. After the unfortunately, the the mother passes away, Gina Rodriguez yeah, in the film. Yeah. And and then it cuts to it, and like he's outside of the house, and it's like all boarded up, and and you're like, wait. What happened? And then you you like find out or that like it's sometime in the future. Yeah. So the only thing that bugged about bugged me about that though too was, was like when you do find out that Billy is living in like a house like like fifteen feet away that was built like on the same part of the land, and it looks like 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 the house that they had lived in. Um, or like double wide or whatever. Yeah. It has like all this water damage. I was like, why aren't you taking any of that stuff out of there and bringing it into like your house? Cause there's like still pictures and st- stuff in there. You're, you're like not trying to save or preserve any of the photos you just have like just sitting in boxes or like, so like I can, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be intended that like he's fixing that up, but it still feels like, that stuff is only in the house in the mo- in the the limited series to basically serve the story so that like if like Ollie didn't see that stuff in there or if Zozo didn't see like the photo of like Nina in there like some of that stuff when it happened yeah but I don't know so that was I think that was like the only thing that bothered me I was like if if he's living right there and nothing happened like because at, at one point i thought like the movie got really dark and i was like oh oh man what happened yeah a- after the, the the son and dad um reconciled with one another and we don't see them again i was like what 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 dark ending did they have <laughs> yeah um but i i did like that uh billy's adopted daughter was the one that had met Ollie like basically right in the first scene in the movie so that if Ollie had just gone home with her at the beginning of that 
he wouldn't have basically gone on like this huge on like, this question and, journey. This journey, yeah. That I don't know if I would call that kind of frustrating, but 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 it was also like, oh yeah. I mean, of course they needed to go through the journey. I mean, because why, why would we even have this yeah. show? But still, <laughs> such a close call, you know. Yeah, uh, and then you just kind of like wonder like how long he was like out there. Yeah, exactly. Like in, um, yeah, because because it doesn't because the last thing like where he is in the past for yeah for for like like when Billy last sees him is like outside of the school. And like the next is it's supposed to be like the next time that Ollie wakes up, he's in that lost and found box. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm thinking too much about like. Well, I don't blame you though. You know, I mean, because those are things that you wonder. You know, you just kind of wonder about as 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 the plot is unfolding itself and as you're trying to process through. You know. Yeah. What's what's but, going on? Yeah, over. I mean, look overall though. I I really enjoyed it. Like you were saying, the the visual effects in this were really well done. Like you can't really tell the difference between when it goes from like an actual physical prop of Ollie in it to one of the animated versions of Ollie, like walking around and whatnot by himself. I do like how they explained kind of like the rules of the universe in this though too. Yeah. Whereas like, um. Like they had to like, I think it was like they like they had to, it was either, they like they had to like love like the, uh, like toys so much that, to be able to actually like physically see them like moving or talking or anything like that. So it was a little bit different than like the Toy Story right. rules, where like if they were walking around and talking, then anyone just saw them and you emotionally scar. Uh, Sid Phillips for the rest of his life. Um, right. Whereas, like, this, they're just, like, running through, like, a hospital and other places, and nobody, like, notices anything that's going on. Yeah. But, uh, was there anything that was kind of, like, your favorite, like, out of the, the four episodes of this that they did? You know, I don't know if I necessarily had a favorite thing. I think, other than, and particularly in the episode, the first episode, just really, I don't know if I was in awe, Mark, but, but I was really loving how, uh, how everything got, I guess just was, was, was blocked, you know, how they, I mentioned this already, but how they, how they moved the camera through the scenes and, oh, and yeah. just, and how, how, just how great all those CG characters look, uh, all those, all those, um, assets, you know, CG assets were so well created and 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 placed you know within 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 the environment and i so just a, just a real shout out i think to peter ramsey and his um you know and his his team for yeah. for the technical aspects of it i also mark wanted to make sure to give a shout out to shannon tyndall uh yeah he's also just done so many interesting things you know he um I don't know if I'd want this on on my resume, but he he was a character designer for Sony uh, for the Emoji Movie, but also mm-hmm. he he was a story developer at DreamWorks. He worked on the Crudes, and also he and his wife Megan um, were part of the create cre- cre- I guess the creative team where they created the story for Kubo and the Two Strings for Laika, nice. which I thought was really. Interesting, and now he's working so, on another film for Netflix. But, but uh, you know, what very a, eclectic resume. Yes, what a cool resume, and uh, cool that he, you know, again would bring this this interesting story to life. I guess Mark too. Uh, a favorite thing is that um, it wasn't afraid to to get dark, and I yeah. and, and I thought that it wasn't so dark that it would really scar a child for life but it also but it might be one of those things where it's a show you could talk about you know with you yeah. with your family and and kind of process through it because it's 
I mean, it was entertaining, but also I think it was possibly more thought-provoking than entertaining, if that makes yeah. if, if that makes sense. There's some good messages in there too that I liked. Was, um, like, I uh, you can be like I liked how there wasn't any kind of like shaming from his his dad, where he's like, you can be tough and still cry. Um, to him so I thought that was good yeah. and I liked yeah. uh, his um, the message his, his mother gave to Ollie to pass along where like uh, you can be mad but not at each other um, I don't remember what the, the first part of that was um, but I, I did I just liked like some of the stuff that was written in there like that because I think that's that's good to like yeah. you know like have that stuff in there and then like like everyone knows like their own kids too so like um basically uh, if you were gonna watch this like as like a family with like kids you can basically usually can gauge what your kid can handle as mm -hmm. far as like what's quote-unquote scary yeah. or what's like too um uh big for them but like i do kind of like how they uh <laughs> like when uh ollie sees uh rosie with the like her like her uh, like cocktail drink swords that she has uh or he calls them lightsabers <laughs> so i thought that that was kind of funny yeah yeah but yeah i liked oh like overall the like the other thing that i got from this was uh kind of uh felt kind of like the tim burton uh film big fish as far as like an overall vibe oh, yeah. of you know that's a really good like, point the, yep the setting and i guess kind of like color grading and whatnot because that film has like this kind of certain like hue and almost like filter on it to like different what yes things. which this this so. which this series does doesn't it it really yeah it's got that i think a filter is the right right way to put it because it's just it's, it's the way the color comes through right or the way it gets yeah. it gets presented and like so i didn't i didn't see that um kind of twist at the end coming now with like the, like the time jump but the one thing i was starting to gauge earlier in the movie was i was like wait did billy did billy's mom is that billy's mom that buys nina there but then i was trying i was like that does that wouldn't make sense though because like she does, she's not old like if she was five or six years old in 1965 she's way way too young yeah to be billy's mom unless like this is supposed to be like uh, like nineteen, like eighty five or something within like the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But. So like I I was thinking that, but then I also didn't see that. I was like, oh okay, so now that line now it lines up. Yeah. But, yeah. Was there was there anything else that you wanted to speak out about, on the movie before uh, wrap up? You know, up? I guess one other thing about Peter Ramsey. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I'm just kind of gushing about this creative team, but Peter Ramsey also has an incredibly interesting career, and and uh, you know, as as you mentioned, he he co-directed, uh, he was part of the, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and yeah. then he he also you know directed Rise of the Guardians. You know, speaking of at DreamWorks, and then um, he he is he has been signed on to direct at least one episode of the new Ahsoka live action series for oh, Lucasfilm. Yeah. And, you know, how awesome is that? And then uh, he's got some other projects going on, I think, at Paramount. Uh, anyway, I, yeah. it's just it's so interesting to me of what... Because this is such an interest. This is such an unusual piece of work, you know, I, I thought. Uh, yeah, his career career tra trajectory is really interesting too, because like he was in, like an illustrator and went to like a storyboard storyboard artist. Yeah. So like, if you want to see like like a very eclectic resume, look at his storyboard artist resume that like goes from like a Nightmare on Elm Street five to like How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, to and I think like Fight Club Shark Tale. or something. I saw on yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. He's definitely got a pretty extensive career. It's, what's also pretty cool is that he was also the the first 
African American to be nominated and win for an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature too. So that's pretty Which awesome. Which is fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess I just have such admiration for these uh, creatives, you know, who who just get to work on all sorts of interesting projects. You know, I mean, I guess this. Yeah, it's how they're navigating navigating their careers. But wow, you sure couldn't pigeonhole him. He works on Peter Ramsey. Sure is working on a works lot of interesting projects. Yeah, uh, and then this is uh, like we have we have our whole spiel about Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, like basically, uh, if you want to hear, it, just go back to I think like the last episode we talked about it. But uh, this has a ninety two percent Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, out of which it's only got 13 reviews on there so far it's which that's kind of weird that it's like been out for a couple of weeks yeah, and it's only got that many reviews for it whoa. and then i guess like the only uh, like slight controversy for this apparently was that uh like it's getting the the great reviews but then there are also uh some people are criticizing for its inauthentic southern accent of the characters um, and you know, Mark, you just think, okay, well, I got, well, aren't we kind of? I mean, sure, some accents are annoying. I know, like, I mean, this is an animation, but you know, Tom Hanks, his performance in in that Elvis biopic, you know, from Bosler oh, in the summer. It. I don't know if you've seen that yeah. yet, but that's one of the main things Not he gets yet. criticized: is Tom Hanks' weird Southern accent. <laughs> yeah, you know, it didn't bother no. me. I just thought that's just an act. You know, it's the accent he's choosing. But again, you know, I don't, I don't live in the South, so I don't feel like I, I can't, you know, necessarily yeah. make an accuracy judgment. But still, I don't know. That seems a little harsh. <laughs> yeah, although it isn't. I want to say like Tim Blake Nelson is from the. Is from like the southern states. So it sure I feel like... seems to me that he is from the, yeah somewhere in the, in the southern U.S. as well. Yeah. So I feel like if anyone had like a correct uh, like accent for yeah he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. So... <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like his accent's fine then because because he's basically he was just using like his own voice in that movie. Yeah. So yeah. I I think if if anything. Um, I did get kind of like a uh, Jack McBrayer in Thirty Rock uh, oh, yeah, vibe from 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 Ollie with Jonathan Groff as that. Yeah, so, and I know that was more of like a kind of characterized uh, version of Jack McBrayer. Yes, or you know, Fix It Felix. Yeah, for the uh, but. That, that was the only, like, I, for a second, I didn't realize it was Jonathan Groff, and I thought maybe it was Jack McBriar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was, it was, it was a, it was a different Disney animation car- voice yeah. character. Kristoff. Uh, yeah. Kristoff from the South. Who will be getting inducted into the Disney Legends at, Holy uh, cow. at, uh, D23. Frozen. Getting some major, yeah. lo- the cast of Frozen gets some major love from the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. For the billions and billions of dollars yeah, so I, <laughs> that they have generated. I guess our next episode will, will basically be Disney Plus Day content plus D23. D20, the D23 Expo, which I'm anticipating there are going to be a lot of film and television announcements. Yeah. 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 So we'll have that to look forward to. And then the last thing uh, that we'll just say on uh, Lost Ollie as we wrap up was that uh, Slash Film recently an interview with uh, director Peter Ramsey about uh, basically treating visual effects teams like true collaborators uh, and just how how well or like how much of like a team effort it is uh, so that when you're like working on these films that you have to also you know take into account like how long it's going to take to do some of these uh, visual effects shots and he's definitely has like that frame of reference too just from like the different yeah uh, positions he's had uh i'll i'll put this article in the show notes too it's a, it's a good read and he talks a bit more about like uh the next spider-verse film as well as like the ahsoka show that he's or episode he's gonna be doing and as well as like it should feel like you're at, like being like at the toys scale in the film mm-hmm. too so it's definitely worth checking out uh but yeah i'll put that in the show notes so that you guys can check that out uh but that's going to do it for this episode so don't forget you can follow us individually on twitter 
I'm at my first and last name, Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And where can they find you, Stanford? I'm at Stanford Clark. Uh, just just as a spell. <laughs> uh, and then you can find the show on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Animation Fascination and on Twitter by uh, search for Animated Podcast. You can feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, check out our site, animationfascination.net, uh, where all these episodes are posted, as well as the links there for Animation Fascination merch. So if you want to t-shirt or whatever else uh, there's a link there for it uh and then uh you can leave us a review on itunes or spotify and any of the kind of podcast uh, catcher apps that allow you to review it the show if it does let you do it uh definitely do so it helps us out and brings us uh, back up into like the the viewable stats again so people will, will know that we didn't like uh some of the other news we talked about the tales of our death were greatly exaggerated uh, but from from one mark quote to another mark uh our episodes are edited by trent Vector. i'm mark vibbert so for myself stanford clark uh and lost ollie thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time